Hello, hello. Thank you for joining me today. This is the Spicy Pecan Podcast. Have you ever had a dream that that you um you had you 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 could you do you you want you you could do so you you do you could. podcast thank you so much for joining oh my goodness we are now in the 2021 so excited um this has been a crazy couple of weeks but i promised myself i would take a little time off to deal with personal matters and catch up on some work items and you know things for the podcast and who knew we would have the week that we just had and i'm not going to get too much into the capital The first thing I want to say is thank you. I am so grateful to the people who support this show. I now have a hundred YouTube subscribers and to some people that might, you know, be nothing. But to me, I am so grateful that a hundred people actually not only logged into my YouTube, but said, yeah, you know, I want to hear it from her again. Thank you so much. If you're listening to the show or watching the show rather on YouTube now, click the like button and make sure you subscribe to the show so that you can be notified of when episodes come out, which will be every Thursday. Um, That is the schedule that I'm on right now. As we know, you know, I do, I'm a woman, so I have the right to change my mind. But uh, Thursdays is when the show is released. Thank you so much for the support. A hundred freaking YouTube subscribers. What a blessing that is. This show, I'm just so grateful for it because it's been a great opportunity to have conversations with people who I would have never met, you know, in the name of pushing our culture forward, having different conversations. And, um, you know, I use this to educate myself. So it's so rewarding to know that you're being educated right along with me. Uh, I, I mean, I just can't really say much, but I'm just truly grateful. So in regards to the domestic terrorist attack on the Capitol building. The only thing I really have to say about it is this really isn't a black people's fight. You know, this isn't. I was on a call where people were saying, you know, well, we're all in the fight for democracy. You know, what should we do? What's our next step? Should we be doing anti-protests? Because obviously more plots are, they're saying that other things are going to happen in the next couple of days in the in the next couple of weeks uh, leading up to the inauguration no no I'm not doing counter protests this is not our fight black people did not create racism it is a tool that white people created so what I will say is this is for white people to once and for all get your cousins get your cousins that you've been fighting for hundreds of years get them in gear because this is going to continue to happen. You keep saying that this country is something that it is not. They say, oh, this is so un-American. No, this is exactly American. You know how I know? The Capitol building was built by slaves. The building that everyone, oh, they desecrated democracy and this and that was built by slaves. If anyone has a right to be storming anything, it's black people. So, no, this is not our fight. The one thing that we can do is, if you know that 
the dude up the block, your boss, the guy at the convenience store, the person who works at the gas station, if you know that he was there, that she was there, go on and let the FBI know. Go ahead and take that little, I, I think they're actually giving out reward money. That's what we could do. Go ahead and spill that tea. That's what we could do. Other than that, there is nothing that we can do about this because we never had the power in the first place. That's why you see us marching. So no, this is not our fight. And the fact that they've only captured, what, 80 people? Woo! And they want our help? Shows me everything that I need to know. People are saying, oh, was it an inside job? The woman who was shot was military. There were many current military, ex-military. There was a guy giving an interview saying that his commander sent him there. Current law enforcement, ex-law enforcement. This is what we've been saying. These people are in everything. And until America does right by the people that it stomped on to get to where it is today, this will always happen. Until America does right by black people, this is going to continue to happen. There needs to be a reckoning in this country about what has been done to people, the atrocities that have been done to people. After the Holocaust, it was done. After apartheid, it was done. Biden, you do not want to be having speeches every other week because there's a bombing in a mosque or a temple or a Baptist church, or a mall. You started, well, not Biden, but America started a war on drugs. Start a war on extremists. That's the war that you need to have. Not plant drugs in a community and then start a war on it. Finish this once and for all. Finish it. There are so many resources and tools you know who the, the agitators are. The same way you corralled a whole bunch of black people for drugs, corral these people for hate crimes. Corral these people for domestic terrorism. Corral these people for sedition. Treason. Traitors. People are saying, oh, this is so against America. No, this is America. This is what it was built on. But that's me saying my, my two cents about it. I'm sure new things are going to be coming out in the next few days. But I am super, super, super excited about this interview. I got a chance to interview Chrissy from Philly Experiences. Um, her whole business model, her life story, this is one of my favorite interviews. It really is. She was so open, so candid. She has such a beautiful spirit about her. And the interview really does have a lot of gems of overcoming some of the hardest obstacles um, that we can face. So without further ado, I'll let you guys enjoy the interview. Make sure after it, you uh, you know go to her information, phillyexperiences.com, and check her Instagram, all of that. Make sure you're booking tours or keeping your eyes peeled um, for her tours. But you guys enjoy. Chrissy, thank you so much for joining the Spicy Pecan Podcast. I'm so excited to have you. How are you doing today? Amazing. I've had a great morning so far. Good, good. 
So I, I want to just jump right into it. I want the audience to kind of get to know you a little bit. Um, we know you're from Philly, but tell me a little bit about your upbringing and why you love the city so much. I am definitely a proud Philly resident. Um, it took many years to get there because I was, you know, struggling like most people growing up in such a large family and small household in the middle of North Philly. It had its chaos and it had its amazing moments. Um, the chaotic ones at, at one point was more than the, the amazing ones. Um, so I struggled to stay in the city for a short period of time, probably a few years ago. But my journey into actually traveling gave me the appreciation I needed for Philly, which is why I encourage traveling so much because it you, you can't believe what people come to Philly and get excited about. Like the, one of the greatest things I've heard was so many of my guests loved how many trees were here. Something that I don't care about, I didn't appreciate. I understood we had Fairmount Park. And I was like, big deal. Why wouldn't people have trees? And they're like, it's such a big city. We just thought it'd be more urban and more concrete. Yeah. So very surprised by our landscape. And so I started appreciating more like, Something that's right outside my door didn't notice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, like places like New York and stuff like that, you don't see really any trees or any, it's all concrete. Yeah. You have to go to Central Park. That's correct. Yeah. You have to gather <laughs> at this one place to do it. That makes sense. Aw. <laughs> so um, we've gotten an opportunity to talk, but just to kind of catch the audience up, I know, um, you know, growing up in Philly, like your teenage years were kind of rough. Can you kind of speak to that and how you were able to get over that time? Oh, not even my teenage years. Um, my entire life until I started to take hold of it and change it for myself was chaotic. Uh, my earliest childhood traumas were, I don't know which one to start with. I didn't meet my dad until I was five. Um, that was an interesting event because my mom and one of my older sisters decided to take me for a walk one day and we approached this house and they just, I guess, introduced me to my dad. All I remember is that my mom and my sister left me there. And I remember there was a car, like an Oldsmobile, which I think, yeah, somebody in the house owned it. I remember laying on the on the hood or the trunk of the Oldsmobile. They had the same length in the front and the back. I remember laying on it for hours crying or what felt like for hours for me crying. So wow. <laughs> that's traumatic. Like, <laughs> that's very traumatic. And I had a great relationship with my dad eventually, but you, I, I, my mom is just not good at approaching tough subjects and that was the very first <laughs> inclination of that um from there I was raised in a very religious household we were in church every time the doors were open um at least to appear that we were very religious I should say but I was molested my, myself and I can speak on my two younger cousins were molested by the pastor for years wow. until I was seven and then I decided to stop going to church I woke up one day and said I'm not going 
Did you ever reach out? Did it, did you tell anybody about it until you became an adult? Oh yeah. Yeah. My cousins tried to bring it up when we were younger, but the story got turned around and left alone. Like it was brought up to my, my grandmother and my mom and it was like a hoopla for 30 minutes and then nothing happened. Um, it was brought up again later. So that was preteen. So I, I dealt with that in preteen and I stopped going to church and I thought everything was fine until I had an uncle. My uncle was in prison like my entire life. Um, so I didn't meet him until I was 15. He got out. Um, and because he was in prison for so long, I just assumed it's because he killed someone. You know, you're in prison that long, it's usually murder. And so I told him like what the pastor did in hopes that he would like go beat him up or something. Like, I was like, right, right. don't threaten him, you know, like get him to stop. Uh, and my uncle turned around and used that information to start molesting me too. And he wanted to marry me and be his fourth wife. He was Muslim. It was a mess. So he wanted me to sell drugs and guns in North Philly, like <laughs> there is nothing I've not been through. Uh, yeah, so after that, I was like, okay, that didn't work. I got a Tweety Bird diary for my sweet 16 and I decided to write everything that happened to me, including what happened with a, a downstairs neighbor. I wrote it all in the diary, it was like my one-time confession. I put it all in there and I left it under my desk at school on purpose uh, in my favorite teacher's classroom. And she found it and she reported to the counselor who eventually reported to the principal. And I was picked up in the cop car the next day and taken to special victims unit. And yeah, <laughs> so I'm 16 in special victims unit with my, my high school counselor for hours before I'm even interviewed. And I just told them what happened, even though they had the diary, they wrote, they read the diary, made a copy of it, filed the report. And I was just sent home in the cop car. Um, who knows? I mean, my mom's reaction to it wasn't the greatest. Once again, she's confronted about by something and she, she asked what happened and I told her and her response was, oh God, you don't know what trouble you're about to cause. Now, let me ask you this. Did mm -hmm. you ever find out if mom had been through a similar situation? My mom was raped when she was 15. I found out, I didn't find out until this summer that she actually was raped three times by three different people over the course of her life. One, one, a relative, well, I'm still trying to find out who that is. One, my sister's dad's best friend, which I don't think she, she never told anyone about. And then one by her husband. So while she was married. Yeah. Yeah, what I've noticed in my family and, um, you know, just hearing other people's stories is a lot of times it's a, it's, it is an actual cycle. You mm -hmm. ought to, you know, take it to the grave. That was a very famous thing, especially in Black culture. Take it to the grave right. was, you know, um, you know, just from my own, like my mom's story as well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, wow. So 
how do you even begin to start to trust people? Is that something that you're still working on? You're 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 in your late twenties, early thirties. I'm thirty five. Okay, thirty six next month. Capricorn season. Hey, Aquarius is coming up. You know, January twenty second. That's good. No, the the opposite happens. I don't know how because I know that you can go extreme either way you can not trust people or you can run to people in in hopes to replace what happened so no I still had friends Uh, I still was very open with people what I wasn't was intimate I didn't understand intimacies I very much open book I would talk to anybody about anything I've had complete Strangers walk up to me, ask me a question downtown, which I think led to me having this tourism business. Yeah, and I yeah. end up talking to them about life problems for hours, hours on end, complete strangers. And we, I would tell them anything, everything that's ever happened to me. So I've always been open book about it. Um, even with a shaky voice, like I feel like I had to get it out. Whoever I'm speaking to, like if it's still, I feel called to speak on it, I'll talk about it. Um, I've attracted so many people who that was their story as well. Um, when I was dating almost, not almost, every single person I've ever dated has been molested or raped in some case. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Poof. So during that time, what did you hold on to? What, cause I know from what I've been told, it's like an Autobot or uh, like an outer body experience when those types of things are actually taking place. Mm-hmm. How did you, what grounded you if you weren't able to really speak to your mom or the people, you know, in the house, you weren't able to get like real resolution to what you were going through. Um, what, what kept you like connected to earth, I guess, you know, because a lot of people do go on, um, you know, a lot of people become super promiscuous or, you know, turn to substances or their behavior starts to, you know, they start acting out or they introvert and they, you know, hygiene becomes an issue. Like so many things can happen. Um, how did you, you know, keep your wits about you? I don't know who says I have. Uh, <laughs> Listen, you are together. You are together to even be able to talk about it, to even be able to trust people again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, was it was it art? Was it creative things? Was it high school? Was it like just your friend circle? I would say I was good at separating it I guess I compartmentalize a lot of things of like this doesn't need to be addressed put it to the back burner we'll deal with it when when necessary and you don't realize how many things are tied to an event or upbringing almost every single thing we deal with every single everyday instances so it actually wasn't until the last uh I think on and off my entire life, the last few years have been really intense with dealing with my spirituality and my my own dark side and the intimacy coming up and the friendships falling apart that it was happening so quickly. Like the instances were back to back to back to back to back. And I finally said, okay, 
maybe it's me. You like maybe I wanted to be everybody else because I I got myself this far. Like I always gave myself that credit. Like I survived to get to this point. I got myself this far. And a lot of us are tired of surviving. You're in survival mode, it does so much to your system. So I've had depression, I've had um, anxiety issues. I've dealt with, a, I tried to kill myself as a teenager. I didn't want to be an adult. If I was going to do this as a teenager, why would I just be on my own and paying bills? I don't want rent. I don't want all the things that I'm watching. <laughs> my mom and my grandma struggle and yell and cry and get upset about. I don't want to deal with that also. So no, I, teenagers wasn't that great. I was much better as an adult, had my friends. My rescue had to be music, not just any music, music coming out of the speaker at a club where it sounded really good. (laughs) I lived for a good DJ. So being able to dance, like dancing and just leaving it all on the dance floor, just sweating it out. I did that every week. Anytime the door was open, that was my new church. Like I just went there (laughs) and enjoyed myself um, with and without liquor. I never turned into a heavy drinker, thankfully, never turned to any any drugs. It was music and, and being a Capricorn, it was work. I love working, being busy. So it was like, yeah. if I can keep myself busy and occupied, so I had two, three jobs at one point. So life just passed by. Just many, many years happened. Yeah. Yeah, you guys are definitely the Jamaicans of the Zodiac, like 12 okay. jobs. <laughs> <laughs> Much respect. <laughs> oh, yeah. So you talked a little bit about music. Um, I know art is kind of themed, threaded in what you do. Um, Tell me about your relationship to art. And, um, you know, me personally, I have seen where art is kind of usually glossed over. It doesn't get as much respect as it should. Mm -hmm. Um, It's something that we really should have incorporated in our lives in one way or another. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about your relationship to art. Um... I think it's really important that parents take a genuine interest in whatever their child is interested in. Like we usually know what we want. As individuals, we we have a little voice. <laughs> we know what we want. Yeah. Um, I although I went through everything I went through, I my image was important according to my grandmother. So she raised us in a household where we had two faces, how you present yourself to the world. It's different from how you present yourself um, and how you are at home. And so right. we, I was a straight A student. I was, yeah, almost never late, never absent. I absolutely love school. I love learning. I love being around people. Although I was socially awkward, I just like being there. <laughs> Whoever graduated, I mean, gravitated towards me. I enjoyed that you as well. You were awkward in high school. Huh? You were awkward in high school. Oh, yeah. I see you as being like one of the model kids. You know, you're like tall, you know, you kind of, you know, you got like the, I don't know exactly how you were in high school, but Uh I just kind of see you as being like one of the popular kids. Complete opposite. I was the one deemed, she's so quiet, we're concerned about her. so open now that it's now rising to <laughs> I was the one that they thought if anybody was going to shoot up the school it was probably me and I'm like I don't care about y'all that much 
they call me too quiet. And that's because I would definitely be considered the introvert. I absolutely love talking. I'm absolutely not going to just talk with anybody though. So <laughs> you have to say something, be something, yeah, excuse something. Your energy yeah, I was just like, whatever, just very observant. So no, I was a shy, awkward, straight A student turned really depressed after 15, 16, to the point that I did end up getting left back. That wasn't a red flag to my family. The straight A students getting left back. Right. Hello. Yeah. Um, transferred school, ended up living and going to school in Southwest Philly. And eventually just nothing about school was exciting for the person that loved it. And it was a part of their escapism of getting out of their household that was chaotic. I eventually just couldn't even get up in the morning. I just did not care. And so it got to the point, I just stopped going. Absolutely stopped going, dropped out. And still had a love for school though. I knew I wanted to go to school for something. I just knew, I knew I didn't have to finish high school to do it. I was like, I can just go get my GD, go straight to college, forget these people. And that's what I did. <laughs> I mean, luckily um, we were able to do that because some for some people that test is really difficult if they've missed the time. So that just kind of goes to show that, yeah, you were a really good student. Do you yeah, think that things mm-hmm. kind of caught up you know, like as much as you compartmentalize things, do you think that it just kind of slowly start to catch up to you a little bit as you were growing into a woman? I think um, life was just still happening. Like the household was just, we took in more people. How old? 15, 16. Um, yeah, I think that's it. At that point, we're a house of 15 people and two cats. Wow. Yeah, so because my grandma wanted to take in everybody named Mama, so she took in my aunt and uncle and all their kids because their uh, boiler broke down in the winter, so she didn't want to leave her, you know, her son and grandkids in the cold. So we ended up taking them in, and they overstayed their welcome. Of course, (laughs) never stayed for a month. Exactly, or a couple of months. Yeah, so it was just a lot of that. So the family arguments, the family fighting, just I I enjoyed my solitude and it was hard to find it in the house of 15 people. And I related to the kids more than the adults. And like, (laughs) yeah, 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 it led to a lot. So now I was just overall sad. Like I had had friends, I had a best friend at that point. Like my best friend, we met at church, the same church I was being molested in. I was seven, she was nine. And we had a very long friendship. So we were friends at that point. She was definitely a part of my escape, but she wasn't my reason to stay here, unfortunately. Yeah, so it was music. Music was a good escape. I played the trombone and the clarinet when I was in elementary school. They should have paid attention to that. You know, um, unfortunately the funds were cut so I wasn't able to continue it in middle school or I could have been a part of the orchestra right now. Who knows? But <laughs> yeah, the investment wasn't made outside of public school and it was unfortunate. You did at some point start to gravitate towards like photography. Mm-hmm. How did you start to get into that? Because that's not necessarily something that it's not pushed on, especially Black people. Mm-hmm. 
the arts, unless it's like being a rapper or something very obvious. Yeah, um, music the related. arts are not pushed on us. Mm-hmm. It wasn't pushed on me. Uh, ironically. This is so crazy. Um, Don't worry, you could tell us. I ain't gonna tell nobody. Like, <laughs> no, please. No, I just realized the connection myself. Like I, I was a virgin until I was 19 years old. Yet, I've seen like porn. I've seen like magazines, and I, I had like a an infatuation for the human body. Didn't matter if it was male or female. And, and I thought like, this could be a job, like this could be a career. Someone took these pictures in Playboy, Playgirl, like someone did this. I, and the industry is a multi-billion dollar industry. Not shit, I just want a job taking pictures of pretty naked people all day. <laughs> and I started, I went, passed my GED. I didn't realize the GED test would be hard either. I think I barely passed and I was smart. <laughs> so it didn't matter, I got it. I got it the day I got in the mail. The next day I went down to our institute. I was like, hey, I told him the exact reason why I was there um, because of the porn industry. And he was like, okay, he wow. didn't care. And he signed me up and he signed me up for classes. And I started <laughs> to go to the art institute for photography many, 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 many years ago. So no, the motivation was the human body. And I'm disappointed that we were taking pictures of doors in school <laughs> yeah <laughs> fruit <laughs> doors bowls and tables <laughs> yes so did you end up getting um like the certificate or diploma degree associated or did you just end up like how did that no so while in school the biggest traumatic expense happened uh experience happened while i'm in school and the matriarch of the family, like I was raised with my, my grandmother, my mom, she never left home, she's always been home. Um, so we've always raised with my grandmother and she got sick, ended up passing while it was like a year and a half into the program, three-year program, because we went in the summer as well. And that just devastated the family. And from there, it uh, the house that we were living in that was supposed to be owned by my grandmother, my uncle, who still owned it, wanted to sell us out to gentrification of Temple. It was four blocks from Temple. And so he gave us the deadline to move. You know, he sold it. Of course, he sold it quickly. I heard it was for only $50,000 for that five-bedroom, one-and-a-half-bath house, four blocks from Temple. Fifty grand. We had to go, and we just had to figure it out. So he sold it to a wholesaler. Wow. Who, who knows? He just said, I still don't like him to this day. <laughs> I wouldn't like him either. You know, that's probably like a half a million dollar property, if not more. Ooh, yeah. I mean, you guys could have rented that as a family to a college, you know, frat, that's, whatever, and at least had some income coming in. That's what made it more crazy is that wow. I watched the house. I looked into it after we left and they were getting $500 per bedroom. Oh, Yeah. Easily. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, five to ten dollars per bedroom after we left, and yeah, what's worse is that he was in real estate. He owns his own construction company. He, yeah, like you dropped the ball on one of your prized possessions, <laughs> so close to Temple, block away from the police station, like super close and convenient to everything. The whole neighborhood 
is different. It does not look the same. Right. Every once in a while, it's not the same. Wow, that is crazy. You've been through a lot, girl. Wow, and that, <laughs> I just have stuff we didn't even talk about. Right. <laughs> I'm telling you, what did I say in the last conversation? I'm waiting for that book to come out. Um, I don't know who's going to write it. <laughs> now, when you're in your photography, and this is something that um, I think if someone is interested in getting into that area, um, how much of it do you think is trial and error? And how much of it do you think is formal training? Like if somebody really said, man, I would love to take pictures or I see people doing wedding wedding things and I would love to do something like that. Is it something that you really should go to school for? Or is it something that, okay. Oh, no. Um, I was glad to drop out after I realized my professors also taught at CCP. What's that? Community college. Okay. Okay. So I'm paying all this money. <laughs> and I can get these same lessons at community college. And I'm dropping out on principal. If I want to go back and finish my degree, I'm going to CCP. Like I'd rather just go there and figure it out. I did not have to. I just bought a camera. So like you either got an eye or you don't. Some can be trained. There's nothing you can't learn or what I have not continued to self-taught through the University of YouTube. I'm a student forever. Say it again. Trial and error in University of YouTube. Be a forever student. Give yourself your diploma and your credits and you just keep it moving. Not once has anyone ever asked me for my degree, a degree, because I don't have it. Um, they just have my portfolio. You look at my work, you like my style of shooting, you hire me. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I am always encouraging people to, if you have a passion, don't wait for, because a lot of people use that as an excuse. I never went to school for it. I never did this. I never did that. Life is a teacher. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? The and barrier of entry to almost every career is so low. Absolutely. <laughs> Especially if we take the time that we would spend watching Housewives or whatever it is. And that's not to clown those shows because I watch yeah, those I shows. Them. But yeah. I know from experience that we spend too much time on TV and not enough time spending devoted to the things that we actually want to do. And then yeah. by the time we have children, it's almost as if a lot of people just begin to live their lives through their kids. And mm -hmm. the ultimate disappointment. Oh, that, yeah. That will break your heart fast. I've seen it so many times with my own friends in my experience yeah. as well. You cannot, you have your shot at life. And you, you know what I mean? You can't live through your kids. It just, right. it's the easiest heartbreak that you'll ever have. Yeah, you can go back and do anything you want at any age. And I love how that's becoming more normal now because it wasn't. Everybody had this timeline. You do this by this age. It was our lives were so set up and all of those walls are falling. It's just like our system, everything is falling into place though, but not falling apart. Yes. So you are making money in some very cool ways. Before we kind of get into exactly what you're doing, how do you feel like you're honoring your passions with the work that you currently do? I've become aware of how fortunate I am. All of my jobs have been outdoors in some way or another. And I never thought I was that much of an outdoors person. My first 
jobs as a teenager. Um, I worked for the parking company outside the man center. Okay. So outside, all weather, no matter what, I was there collecting your money. <laughs> Great. Charging y'all to park in the grass. I'm sorry, that wasn't me. That was my job. That was her. That was her, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> that was not me. And from there, I ended up going, I got giving myself a promotion and I went down to the stadiums. <laughs> and I worked there as well. Outdoor, all weather, better money because the Eagles fans are great tippers. <laughs> hey, good to know. That was amazing. Yeah. So that was amazing. And then with photography, I was always outdoors because I shot fashion. I got into fashion first. That was so much fun. And I made models shoot once again in all weather, two degrees, 120 degrees. We outside, we're going to get this shot. <laughs> I. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. And have I have great work to, and you can't tell. Like I groomed some really good models, even though we all were new to the field. I, I knew I had an eye and a passion for it that this was going to happen. We're going to get this shot, even if it takes eight hours. We're out here. This is going to happen. So, you know, that contributes to how I am, how I care about the image. I care about the, that the picture is worth a thousand words. The picture should evoke some emotion. Um, we're creating art. So that's a part of it. It's definitely a part of it. Uh, the weddings that I do now, I believe in a celebration. I love the fairy tale of a wedding, even though I know it's not a real fairy tale of their life. So I was into I think I can connect that day, I mean the wedding day to a reality TV show because <laughs> which I watch Bridezilla now. So it gives me my fixed deal of the picture I'm hired to capture of how perfect this day is supposed to be. But in reality, um, I'm getting hit on by the pastor, the bus boy, the groom after he just had said his vows. <laughs> I believe it. Everything that's happening behind the scenes, the the hairstylist never showing up. There's a, a bald-headed bride sitting there waiting, like trying not to lose her cool. Like I just, <laughs> I've seen it all. All, and I live for it. I live for a celebration. I feel like we should celebrate every single milestone we have in life. I celebrate my birthday every day. Um, anytime a birthday song come on, especially now that I was doing bar crawls, it was somebody's birthday, whether it was nobody's birthday. <laughs> yeah, it's always a damn birthday. No, oh. for real. It can be absolutely no one's birthday in the group. And I would tell the DJ, I would point out somebody and I would get the group to agree without them looking and be like, guess what? It's such and such birthday. But like, no, it's not. But like, no, today is such, and it's whoever the shyest person in the group. It's their birthday oh, all fun. night. I love that. <laughs> I love that. It's their birthday all night. We get all drinks. We get shots. We get food. Like they cater us. All my bar crawl locations absolutely love it. It's always somebody's birthday because I feel like every day is all of our birthday. We have to celebrate and enjoy every day that we're alive. I love being alive and I love life. So why wait for this one day when I can celebrate every day? Happy birthday, us. <laughs> I love that. All of us. <laughs> so all right let's get into first the airbnb mm -hmm. 
How did you originally get in um, Airbnb? We'll kind of start there. Um, although I was a photographer, something always nagged me in the back of my mind. Like, I wonder what it'd be like to run a bed and breakfast. I don't know any Black people anywhere <laughs> that own a bed and breakfast. It was a random thought I had as a teenager. And then my best friend went to school for um, hospitality and hotel management. I'm like, perfect. She can go get the degree and I can just work for her. No. Yeah. <laughs> she only got that degree to be a manager at McDonald's. And I was like, how do we end up here? <laughs> what? I thought you were going to say the Ritz or something. No. How do we end up here? Um, and then our friendship fell apart. So I never even, no, I was around until she got the first degree. And then our friendship fell apart. So that didn't even matter. Um, and then fast forward, my sister, who's a hermit crab, who doesn't leave the house for anything except work, somehow manages to tell me about everything that's happening in the world, even though she doesn't leave her house. <laughs> She's the plug. Shout out to Selena. She, <laughs> exactly. She is the plug. She don't go nowhere, but somehow she hear about Airbnb and she sends it to me. And I'm like, huh? So people, letting people sleep on the where? <laughs> I know it does. This is genius. Yeah. yeah. I was like, this is so simple because Airbnb literally stands for air bed and breakfast. Right. There's a couple of college students only starting off charging people to sleep on the air mattress. Hello, billion dollar industry from such a simple idea. <laughs> Uber, Lyft, simple idea. So I literally was living with my sister at that time. And I said, I'm out. I'm going to go find the Airbnb friendly apartment and do it. This is the lowest cost of entry ever. Like I want to get this apartment. It's the place that I can live anyway <laughs> and rent it out on just the weekends. And so I moved into this current apartment where I'm at now four years ago, um, October, 2016 and then had cold feet. I moved in, I was like, I don't know if I wanna share my space. I don't know if, I, if people wanna care. I don't know if they wanna to come to Germantown. I don't know, <laughs> I just doubted myself. Yeah. But this six months until I, I finally took the pictures, took my own pictures, launched it, put it on Airbnb. And that first week I was sold out for the next month's weekends. And I was like, oh, that's crazy. Okay. <laughs> so have you had any issues with any guests, any stolen items, broken things, you know, nope. people being belligerent or anything like that? No, no. I'm proud to announce that all of my guests, whether they stayed in my actual home in my bed, took on my actual experiences, not one issue ever. That is amazing. And then, yeah, let's hop into, um, well, actually, let me ask you this first. Is it lucrative? Like, do you get to set your own prices? You get to do all of that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, every single word you read on Airbnb, every picture, uh, your tagline, your keywords, the language you use, everything is you. Uh, okay. You send it to them, they either feel like it's a great fit for their platform and they approve or deny it. Uh, 
the price you set, they can give you suggestions, but it's okay. ultimately up to you, up to your your niche and your city, you know, because things can vary by price based on whether you're on the East Coast or West Coast. Yeah. Nice. And then um, we, you know, obviously anyone who's used Airbnb, we do know about the experiences. Did you do the experiences first and then the Airbnb? Did you do Airbnb and then the experiences? Uh, you host in your home first. That part's been around way longer. Airbnb experiences themselves wasn't introduced until November, December, 2006 because I remember getting the email. Oh, okay. I already had this idea in my head that I was going to do something like it, whether it was Airbnb or not, I was yeah. going to try and do it. So there's no coincidence because the whole concept for me started when I'm getting approached by people downtown asking me for directions, asking me for suggestions for where they should go. And I always say the hood, get on the bus, go to the hood. Nothing's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Not paying 20, 30 bucks for the, the double-decker bus that's in every city and looking like a tourist, just get on the bus. It's going to be way more personalities. It's going to be much more excitement. It's going to cost way less. You can get a whole trans pass. You just pick a bus and ride it. Yeah. <laughs> it's such an easy Yeah, so tell us about, travel. it's called Philly Experiences, aka yeah. you call them kind of like hood tours also. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, give me like a, a, an idea of what area you do and, um, you know, what the experience is, uh, what it's like. Yeah, Philly Experiences is the official name of the company. Uh, exclusive here, actually yesterday, technically Sunday, but I'm filed my LLC, so nobody else can steal my name. Yay! That's it. Yes. That's it. This is going to happen. This is about to be epic. Um, <laughs> Congratulations. My LLC and my EIN. It's, yeah, it's for real. I'm taking it off the of Airbnb eventually because they, they don't know what they're doing. And, <laughs> and I intentionally, because I've been the introverted, very smart underdog, that's all I root for. So the Black society is considered the underdog. The LGBTQ society is considered the underdog. The nerds, which I was at one point, is considered the underdogs. Like I do this to root for us and wherever our business is. Into my are. heart right now. That's a good <laughs> show. I I agree with all of that. I identify. Yeah. So I do. I basically managed to start a business that fulfills me living in my truth. How many people can do that? Like, I do not take this purpose I've been given for granted of like, you can just go be yourself and get paid for it. How, Sway? Like, that is so <laughs> amazing. <laughs> How? And so I do. Um, so yeah, three experiences is official. And I'm super excited about it, but I, could, I intentionally want to be the bridge that connects culture through experiences. We're doing it through food, which everybody loves. We do it through art, which everyone loves. We do it through cultural experiences, intentionally supporting Black and LGBTQ communities. That's so it. You're, during the tours, you're specifically highlighting businesses like that. You're showing people murals and um, street mm -hmm. art that are in these areas and stuff like that. So that is a part of the tour. Yeah. 
yeah, I wouldn't do the tour if I couldn't only talk about us. And it's my business to do so. And people get excited to do that. And, in, and I want to highlight the ones that are specifically in the hood. Um, I love using the word hood or ghetto or trap or whatever term they don't like and want to consider so negative. My plan is to change the narrative and to paint a different picture. I'm a proud product of the hood. I've been there my entire life. Yes, I went through things, but nothing I went through, I have not heard that someone of a different race or color has not gone through. We as women have the same stories and struggles. We're usually um, taken advantage of in so many ways, inside our homes, outside our homes, at work, um, in relationships. You see my mom like in her home, she was, according to her, raped by a sibling who I'm still trying to find out who they are. Uh, her husband did it. Marital rape is so huge and not talked about in yes, legal in so is. many states. And then um, a friend of a friend is usually someone that we know. And, and we can talk about the wage gap. We can talk about like just the patriarchal society and the systemic society that's already in place that's intentional, they never valued us. So we're valuing ourselves. And my tours do that. It intentionally wow. does that and features us. All the murals are black faces, black artists, or black and brown, you know, the Puerto Ricans who acknowledge their African heritage. Uh, they, they show up in the tours as well. Yeah. But yeah, and they're present tour. They're not history tour. I talk about my history, some of the things I, I already spoke about on here but it's present, what is presently happening in Philly. I wanna know what's presently happening when I go somewhere. Um, you know, the history I can find anywhere, but I talk about the now, talk about my personal history, what's happening now, where things are headed, how gentrification is affecting us. I get personal. I tell them how much my rent is, what's the best part of the city to move Damn, into. There's nothing I don't hold back, there's nothing to be ashamed of. Like, right. Yeah, I talk about everything. A lot of people are, I find that a lot of my guests were already over where they were and was considering moving to Philly anyway. So I tell them an average. Like when I've lived in this part of the city, rent is this. You know, gentrification is happening here. Here's how to avoid paying too much rent. Because I'm, I mean, at one point, I was paying $600 for a two bedroom, one bath at 26 in Gerard. Um, $600? Six hundred dollars, two thousand and five. At that point, my neighbors who were white were paying eighteen hundred dollars, and I told them, "I'm paying six. Yeah, <laughs> that's the difference. Next door, First of all, you messed up somebody's Christmas. I just want to know that you messed up somebody's Christmas, somebody's savings account. <laughs> oh. But that's the huge, that's the difference between my landlord at that time was black and didn't undervalue, didn't know what he had. And yeah. the people next door was already just price gouging because of location, location, location. I literally lived it. Yeah. Literally lived it. I mean, I think your tours are great for even somebody who has recently moved in the area, people who live in the area, but we don't look up. Yeah. We where we need to go. We don't real, you know, we're not always. We don't slow down. Yeah, we yeah. don't slow down. We don't try to, oh, who drew this? You know, when we mm -hmm. come up or um, even like what I noticed in a lot of little neighborhoods in Phillies, you guys have those little stands with the book exchange. Mm. 
there there's like a bunch of neighborhoods that have like a little stand and it's like you can donate books and people oh yeah the little libraries trade one i mean stuff like that most people if you sit and watch they're just walking right past they probably didn't even see it you know yeah. so we don't look up um so yeah for anybody who's in philly anybody who loves art anyone who's thinking about moving to the area or who does live in the area um, these tours would be something really good. And we're always talking about supporting Black businesses. You are supporting Black businesses and being a Black business owner yourself. That, oh, yeah. So I am keeping the dollars circulating in our community. Not only do you support me, but the money goes to the actual businesses. And to speak on the point of who should come on any of my experience, everyone. Simply because we have to redefine what a tourist is like the tourism industry is up for grabs which is why i'm so happy i got the experience i got ahead of time <laughs> because they don't know what to do with themselves they're going to need yeah. me in a second and <laughs> i i say that to say i was that person post three years ago before i went to this spiritual shift i lived with those blinders on I had multiple streams of income. I was working as a nanny and then renting my apartment as Airbnb. I had money coming in left and right. I went to my car, to the market, came home, right. went to the bar, to the same bars, same club. My life was just structured. I was just going every week. Every single week, it was the same thing. So it's very common for us to do that in our hometown. And I look up and North Philly was gone. I look up when Penn was knocked down, uh, Wanamaker was knocked down, all bought by a temple, never saw a petition to stop it. Like, I look up and then it's like, what happened? <laughs> you know, I was driving down Broad Street one day. I'm like, what the hell is these, these damn metal things in the middle of Broad Street? I still don't know. That 5G? <laughs> That's not <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what are they doing to this neighborhood? So, you know, I was a part of that. And that they want you to do that. They want you to get to the some portion of your career, which is 10 years ago by. <laughs> Yeah. I was a victim of that on top of being a mom. So I feel like locals need to reconnect and get outside of our own social circles. So my tours, it helps people do that. Like my cheesesteak and trap music bar crawl was for Wait, everybody. what is it called? Cheesesteak and trap music bar crawl. <laughs> I love that. Intentionally done. Listen, you ain't gonna find place. that nowhere else. No, and if you did, they heard it They copy. <laughs> <laughs> they copy it straight up. So yeah, so you know that can't happen now in the pandemic. So now I'm switching to virtual experiences, jumping on that ball because I can still give people Philly without them ever leaving their homes. Seeing part and seeing the murals that they'll never see until they they finally make it here. They make it to that neighborhood. They're all beautiful murals. I went out and shot them myself. You know, mine as well. I miss having my camera. I get so much attention with my camera. Just from having my camera in North Philly, I had so many people walking up to me just telling me stuff. That's when my camera's always been that magical. Yeah, I found out. I found out how to buy a house dirt cheap from a guy that walked up to me. I still can't wait to try it out so I can let y'all know. Yeah, he talked about- Make sure you definitely let me know because I'm- I want to pass right it along. Mm-hmm. We deserve ownership not just of the house but the land underneath and figuring out a way to get the deed that they won't tell us it's a way to do it it's a way to do it i heard about it um so yeah so now i offer virtual experiences so you can still 
connect with Philly, just connect with Black culture, because it really repeats in every city. It honestly does, through some way, shape, or form. Social media proved that. That's why one person can have millions of followers from all over the world, because they're speaking to the same spirit that just most it just multiplies. So now I'm really excited. I'm putting together a better a beginner's guide to Black Philadelphia for those who will be visiting even during a pandemic. All of my guests now are coming from New York, Pittsburgh, Ohio, Detroit, the DMV area. Like everybody's driving, everybody's road tripping. I'm really excited about that. And that way they, they have their own point person when they get here. Yeah. And my guests, my inbox through Airbnb is still open. I'm still talking to guests from years ago. They're coming to my virtual game night this weekend. Like I'm super excited to connect with them. I reached out and let them know what I'm doing now. And, and immediately the, my guest, one of my guests responded, she said, I will never forget how you made my best friend's birthday so much fun. I will absolutely be there. And I was like, oh. <laughs> so I was like, I touch people, they touch me and find out, we find out a lot. We just exchange stories, learn each other. And for the LGBTQ community, I want to have virtual experiences just for us, which is super important because yeah. I notice, I mean, we don't, you know, we, I'm gonna tell my age a little bit. We haven't had a libations in a long time. I used to go to libations, I used to go to sisters. Yeah. I used to go, yeah, I like we sisters. Our space. Right. And I, I was surprised at how um, sisters, even by the time I had, because I did most of my party in North Jersey. So by the time I came back home, I was kind of like, ah, I've done it all. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> sisters was like the place, you know, to mm -hmm. go to. And even that, I was surprised how small the crowds were and just, I was thinking it was because when you go to New York, if you go to a lesbian bar like Henrietta Hudson's, I don't even know if that's still there, but that's class, historic. Yeah. It is packed. Oh, yeah. Brim, and it is every type of lesbian, bisexual, whatever. It's every type of woman possible. Yeah. When mm -hmm. I was in Philly, it felt like it was a, a baby gay. You know what I mean? Everything was like butch femme, butch femme, butch femme. You didn't see the ranges of just anybody. Mm -hmm. It's almost like uniforms. It's like, well, where are my people at? Where's everybody else? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, it was definitely a lot of places were word of mouth. Some of the best places that had the best crowd, especially for the uh, Black LGBTQ, was the Breakfast Club. That was the secret. I did go to the Breakfast Club a few times. Now, that yeah. was, that was. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yo, I ain't coming back if I'm not strapped, yo. <laughs> Which <laughs> These chicks is real out here. <laughs> and I'm from Camden. I was like, yo, it is it real. It would have never been an issue. I love how it hot from the location. Yeah, it was dope. Food was good too. Hmm? The food was amazing. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we need space. Like, they, the, neighborhood is currently open but it's such a turn off hey i'm not partying outside i'm not doing anything outside so one of the places claims to have a heated rooftop deck and i want to go see i do i'm so curious but it's like yeah. that's not it how are people connecting we still need human connection in the pandemic even more in a pandemic and if we have to suck it up and do it through zoom you never know who you could meet you can meet some amazing people 
online. It's how me and you met because yep. someone else's virtual uh, get together. It's like you just never know. You're still a human being on that car on that call. You get to just wear what you want, <laughs> get comfortable. Yeah, no, and absolutely. So I'm definitely excited about bringing that and offering it to different people. I've always wanted to connect couples with couples. I've always wanted to connect just. Just all about human connection, uh, getting people outside they shell because I used to be in mine. I think I know how to pull people out. I'm, de I'm developing that that niche. So listen, I mean, I'm loving everything. We're definitely going to support in every way. We'll keep our eyes peeled for all of the things coming from Philly experiences. But before you roll, there was a story you told me about, about Barbados and it had so many different gems in it. But specifically, mm -hmm. I love the fact that um, this story kind of encourages people to just get up and travel. Mm -hmm. And then also it reminds us of experiencing life when, you know, while we're here, everything cannot be just about work. And, yeah. you know, like you said, you were going to the same places and, and doing this and doing that. Um, but right within the same neighborhood, you're able to do an entire tour. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. Can you just share that Barbados story a little bit with the audience? Absolutely. So I was raised in a household that was scared to do anything. Like they stayed in North Philly. Well, if we left North Philly, we only went to Atlantic city. So when I had the opportunity to fly and get my first paid gig as a wedding photographer, I actually ended up in Mexico. That one week trip to Mexico, he was my fire to go into Barbados. I just woke up one morning, a week before I had a scheduled vacation, no clue where to go. All my friends were unavailable. They had kids, they were busy, whatever. <laughs> and I was just like, you know what? I'm ready to do something. And I get a Google alert saying you have a the flight that you looked at is going up $100 the next so-and-so hour. And I was like, not my book. Went to Barbados, had no reception, and mankind came through. Human beings got me to my Airbnb. The guy who owned the Airbnb gave me his own version of a tour. Like, it motivated me to do what I'm doing here because yeah. I wish that I could find and would have found Chrissy in Barbados. Oh, if I could get in contact with the people there now and tell them that, like, you can just do a tour of the hood. <laughs> You're going to make yeah. more money because they're currently going through gentrification. Right. Agents are buying up the Caribbean. The resorts are trying to privatize the beaches. It's disgusting. And so we have to tell our story. That's what I'm doing here for some of Black Philadelphia. I can't tell everybody's story, but I have, I've been through a common thread, unfortunately. And while being there, I did a little cheat code, don't do this, but I changed my location on a dating app and ended up finding this guy who just had a sweet smile. He had a sweet sense about him and I was right. We ended up meeting up, remember, we, I don't have any um, data, no signal there, only Wi-Fi. So once I left my, my Airbnb in Barbados, I was, I was, it was me and the island. I oh met him gosh. on the beach and end up having such an amazing moment because although he lived on this island, he lived with blinders. He just went to work. He just, you know, took care of 
the household. I mean, he lived with family still at the time. And he showed up in work boots. And, and we sat down on the beach and he just started playing in the sand. And I'm looking at him like, is he okay? I'm like, you know, how was the last time you came to the beach? And he's like, oh, it's been years. I couldn't believe it. So a complete stranger from the state came and influenced this man's life that made him take a moment and sit. And so whatever plans we had went out the window, it felt more important to me to make sure he enjoyed everything there was to enjoy about the beach. So I was like, no, kick off your shoes, kick off his boots, like, take off your socks, like, he had socks on. I'm like, let's just walk, let's put our feet in the water. I discovered that 80% of our the Bayesian people can't swim. You know, that should be a given lesson. You're on an island that has hurricanes. Like, my goodness, this, we're set up everywhere, even in paradise everywhere they don't see their home as paradise that was unfortunate we don't realize them, how many stereotypes have been pumped in our culture to absolutely us afraid of certain things and not give us the independence that we need um that yeah. broke my heart when you told me that yeah so because of that because of what i did and because of who he was like we influenced each other i hope he made it back to be sent i honestly do and made it an, an intentional part of his life. But that trip influenced me to be the local that I wish I had there. And that's how it started. Even though I was scared, I was nervous. I, I knew I liked the hood. I enjoyed partying in the hood. But finding out other people wanted to as well was like, being reviewed was the scariest thing for someone who's introverted with high anxiety and form of depression. <laughs> I don't want a bad review. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And it's a spiral I'm not asking for. But to date, December 2020, I am 199 reviews in. I'm waiting for a review to come in. My 200 review, I'm going to celebrate super big. I thought it was going to happen early this year because I thought I was taking over 2020 like everybody else. But slowly but surely, yeah. before December 31st, I'm going to get that review. <laughs> that is a goal. Mm-hmm. I mean, you obviously, like I've told you a couple of times already, I'm like, listen, you got to do a book because your story is so encouraging in that you're recognizing the lessons. You know what I mean? Like a lot of us, yeah, we go through mm -hmm. things and we learn things and all of that, but you're like conscious of the big lessons that you're getting and you're using it for your next steps. And yeah. that's the best that any of us can do, mm -hmm. you know? I just it feeds into everything. Encouraging. Thank you. I don't know. Um. I know that <laughs> once, once everything kind of gets a little more settled, I would love to do a tour. Um, you know, obviously I would love to do a tour and kind of talk about specifically like my tour, um, you know, on the show. But I have a couple of plans to have you back because people don't realize this is literally just one aspect. I mean, it's a couple of aspects. Yeah, but it's I'm it's, layered. <laughs> you got a lot going on, Baba. You got a lot going on, but uh, I'm I'm interested in it because too many of us just want to be like the next person instead mm -hmm. of thinking ourselves completely out loud. You know, 
So I think that that is so dope about you. Thank you. Now, shout out your social media and all that stuff. I know it's, are, do you, is there a website, Philly Experiences? Yes. Okay. I'm on Instagram, at Philly Experiences. Kind of have a backup page, my Philly Experiences. That was my old photography page. Um, I still do photography. It's just referral at this point, word of mouth, even in, in a pandemic because people are having intimate weddings and I'm here for it. Um, I prefer an intimate wedding. My favorite one was in somebody's backyard in Sheltonham. It was so beautiful. Yeah, it was just so simple. And it was like, it was about them. They didn't care if anybody else showed up. And she said that, the wife said that. She said, I don't care, my my husband here? I said, yep. (laughs) She was gonna start on time. I was gonna go the way she wanted, the weather, everything was amazing. I've also did a, We'll get into that next episode. I am on Instagram. <laughs> I am on Instagram at Philly Experiences. Make sure you put the S at the end. Um, I am at phillyexperiences.com. Uh, please check out the website. Like it's really super cute. I'm really in the middle of updating it now to add the virtual experiences because I was testing out Eventbrite, but now I just want all traffic to go through my website now that I'm official. Uh, <laughs> that's right um kind of on facebook maybe i'll be an adult and download the app because they are they won't connect my instagram and facebook because mm-hmm. i don't have the app which is so yeah. annoying so yeah. i'm trying to get on there and promote it because i know that would help i know a lot of events are on there so i'm on there as well under philly experiences um yeah so far that's it i started a youtube channel you know what like sometimes it's better just to be really good at the stuff that you have going because then keeping up with social media ends up being a job within itself oh it's great you know you don't want to take away from like the good experience that you're having but if Mm -hmm. you ever need help with video I have already you know I've definitely offered and would love to help out but you know a bunch of people (laughs) you got a huge network I'm working on acknowledging that because I tell myself that I don't, uh, I don't want to blame this on being a Capricorn, but we tell ourselves there's nothing we can't figure out. And so we burn out because of that. So I've been burnt out of like, just burnt out. Yeah. So I'm acknowledging like, okay, like find out, look in your phone. Like I'd be surprised if it's in my phone. You're right. So yeah, I'm down for it. I'm here for collaborations. Anybody want to reach out? I can't wait for outside to open so I can bring the hood food tour. I can't yes. wait for outside to open so I can just meet y'all in person and hug again. I'm such a hugger. No. I can't wait to see y'all. Awesome. Well, Chrissy, thank you so much for your time today. I super appreciate it. I was so excited to have you on the show and you did not disappoint at all. Um, you're, you have such good stories and you're so open. Like it's very easy speaking with you. Um, so thank you so much for that. And we definitely will be, uh, you know, checking out your tours and seeing everything that's coming from you moving forward, the game nights, the tours, the Airbnb, you got a lot of stuff rolling and I wish you luck on absolutely everything. I appreciate that. (laughs) thank you for having me i'm usually you will definitely be back you will definitely be back um for sure but i thank you for this go around 
No problem. It was nice meeting you and I look forward to round two. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Spicy.